Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You know, of course, it's me being drafted in the second round. Um, every night, you know, I have to play with a chip on my shoulder just to prove that um, where I thought I should have belonged. But, you know, that's all in the past. I try to go out there and, and compete on defensive end. Um, um, we had a meeting yesterday, and he just um, called upon us to play hard and, and defend and um, do the little things. So that's what I try to do today. Love that, I.O. Not only the mentality that you just heard Ayo DeSumo talking about there, but his willingness to address it publicly. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have an issue if he just kind of downplayed the whole second-round pick thing and, you know, having a proverbial chip on his shoulder or any of that. I I wouldn't, wouldn't have any problem with that at all. But it does show, in my opinion, a, a level of confidence, even a degree of maturity that Ayo DeSumo is willing to, to talk about that in the public sphere because, you know, I mean, it it does shine a little bit of additional light on him and not everybody, especially a rookie in the NBA. Now, you know, nowadays rookies, especially rookies who are contributing to the extent that Ayo Dusumu is for the Bulls this year. I mean, he's effectively their their sixth man. Like, you know, when Billy Donovan called that timeout last night, it was to get Ayo on the court. Now, you know, he obviously let, had to let the guys hear a thing or two from him, those who were on the court and who were staying on the court. But part of that was, hey, uh, hey Energizer Bunny, hey, uh, Energizer DeSumo or Ayo Bunny, whatever whatever nickname they might have came up with for, for AD, for Ayo, he got him on the court expeditiously and as soon as I assume got out there man there was defense being played the pace and the tempo of the game picked up and to be able to have that influence on this roster not even halfway through your first season in the NBA I mean you know I, I enjoyed watching almost every collegiate game that I assume played but it's just it's really cool to see that aspect of a very early in his time here in Chicago, so early in his NBA career that he's he seized that degree of, you know, I've used the term agency uh, when, when talking about Justin Fields, 
to a certain extent, the Bears quarterback, and and talked about Fields being formidable. And Ayo DeSumo has always been a formidable individual himself, and he could have been a player that was that was a one-and-done guy. Now, he wouldn't have gotten drafted in the first round, but he didn't end up getting drafted in the first round anyway. And I do believe that even if he would have been one-and-done or two-and-done in his time with the Illini, that he would still be in the NBA at this point, largely because of a lot of what we've seen him carry out so far this season because he attacks things so much because he and his dad and the, the work that that Io puts in and, and how you know his dad has had such an influence on him and his game and his work ethic and what they've done to try and prepare him for this stage and for this moment and and we just see that come through in not only the effectiveness of his performance but in the way that he attacks his performance, that he attacks improvement at his game. Like every year I've watched him, you know, through all all his years in, in Champaign and now through his rookie season in the NBA, his stroke has gotten smoother, gotten a little more pure, and his confidence from the outside has gotten better every year. His handle has gotten better every year. His tenacity on the defensive end has improved every season that I've been watching him play the game. And you think about if. Because, again, I, I truly believe that if he would have been a one-and-done guy or a two-and-done guy, that he would have gotten drafted probably somewhere in the second round, just like he did after staying in school for three years, and he'd still be in the NBA at this point. Maybe by now he would have become as effective as he is during what's now his rookie season. But I definitely would say if he would have been with whomever, let's say if he was already with the Bulls two seasons ago, wouldn't have been nearly as effective then as he is now wouldn't have been as effective last season as he is now, but he, he took the approach and I'm, I'm not necessarily even advocating that everyone, every player take this approach, but I think I is an example of the benefits of the approach he took of continuing to compete at the collegiate level and, and getting, and you know, having confidence in Brad Underwood as a coach and what he could continue to do in playing for the Illini factored into that in the development that would be available to him at the collegiate level. But in developing his game in college, he really thought that, I, w- I would imagine I would thought that he had put himself in a position to be a first-round pick. There were still there were some draft lists that maybe thought he'd have a chance of being a lottery pick shortly before the draft. And obviously that didn't work out to be the case. But the word that continues to come back to me with Io is maturity because there's a physical and an emotional maturity that allows someone to succeed as a rookie when perhaps, and you know, it's not like Isles not big. He's six, four as a guard. That's big enough. It's not like he's not athletic. You see the speed that he races up and down the court with. But beyond that, there's a maturity that goes with being able to, to harness his physical skills on the court, but then know that he can go out there and compete with the best in the business. I have no doubt because you're going to be facing Kyrie Irving. Who knows? They, they may even try to match him up with KD at some point. That would probably be a mistake. But I'd say at least Kyrie and James Harden, they're going to see Ayo DeSumo at some point tonight. And who knows? They, they pro- they're probably going to at least score on him. If not, somebody might go off and light him up But w- because they light everybody up when they're really engaged. But when it comes down to it, I know that Ayo DeSumo won't be backing down from either of those individuals. You got to love that. You got to respect that for for a rookie at this early stage in his career. And I'm certainly not one who's going to put a cap on, on what the ceiling can be 
for Io DeSumo. And it, it's, it's really cool to watch that play out. Because, again, there's some guys who, who would be that one-and-done player in college who may be able to come in and immediately be an outstanding sixth man on, on a great team like the Bulls are turning out to be here. But I don't believe I would be this if he would have gone. He would be in the NBA, but he certainly wouldn't have been this as a rookie. And he may not even just developmentally be this by now if he didn't stay in college for a couple of more seasons. And again, I'm, you know, I'm pro get your money when you want it, when it's available to you. But this is the other side of that coin where I, I think we're seeing the benefits of the development that Io got by continuing to have the rock in his hands, continuing to play at the highest levels of college basketball and doing that for several seasons. And now coming in as the most, not only most physically developed backcourt rookie, but certainly the most mentally and emotionally developed rookie, I believe in this draft class. And it's why he's been able to be in a position where now he's shouldering so much of a load for the Bulls on each end of the court. Now, you, you could have told me Iowa was going to come in and immediately impact the defense. So, you know what? That's a great thing for Iowa because he wasn't viewed as some defensive stopper in college. Yes, an effective defender, an athletic defender, got to be a feistier and feistier defender for Brad Underwood and the Illini. But like, Trent Frazier was really more the defensive stopper because he had to defer to Iowa offensively. So Frazier began focusing more on defense. But if you would have said, yeah, he's coming to the league and he's going to be like this defensive guy. So you know what? That's a great role for him. And then his, his offensive game can develop. Man, he's making plays on each end of the court. And that is because of the maturity that came with him being in college for several seasons. Let's get out to the hotline, though. We got a, a caller on the line at 312-644-6767. I'm Anthony Heron. We're leading you up to Bulls basketball here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score the top team in the Eastern Conference, hosting the number two team in the East. Brooklyn Nets are two and a half games behind your Chicago Bulls. You'll hear Chuck Swirsky and my guest from a few moments ago, Ben Wennington, on the call in just a few short minutes. But Martin is on the line out in Oswego. Martin, what's happening, man? You got Anthony Heron. What's going on, Anthony? Hey, hey, thank you for stopping in to see me the other time because I, I didn't want to punch you in your stomach here. But uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I appreciate, appreciate I appreciate your journey, man. Let me just start by saying that I appreciate the journey and for putting Bolingbrook on the map, man. Six three zero is the area code. Never been more proud in my life. <laughs> I know, I know Mark, you guys. Come in. I'll make it really, really brief. I just wanted to make a quick comment on Zach Levine and Demar Derozan. I think Demar Derozan is not looked at as strongly as an MVP candidate because of everything attached to what I call the LeBron effect and everything that he went through in Toronto. DeMar DeRozan was kind of looked at among some of us, uh, I would say non-casuals, as uh, somebody Hmm. that was on that Chris Middleton tier. Now, Chris Middleton had his breakout right recently. You know, last year was his coming out party. I think that DeMar DeRozan is having his coming out party the way that Chris Middleton went toe-to-toe with Kevin Durant last year. And it's refreshing to see He's worthy of the MVP conversation talk. But I think Zach is severely overlooked. Both of those guys remind me in many ways of Kobe Bryant. Zach reminds me of the Afro Kobe. He's really light on his feet, great footwork. And, I mean, he's a really, really efficient guy, and I don't think that he gets enough credit. Both of those guys benefit tremendously for having one another, right? Kyle, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, DeMar didn't have – what he has in Zach in Toronto. Kyle's a great guy, and I think Kyle Lowry's a Hall of Fame guard when his career is done. But these guys never had someone like the other guy has. And I think that at the end of the season, if they finish first in the East, 
and they're contending for one of the top spots, they both should be considered for co-MVPs. I strongly feel that. Uh, and, and I just want to make one last point about Lonzo Ball. He reminds me so much, so much of a young Jason Kidd. And I think mm. we look at his shooting and everyone focused on that. But defensively, his instincts and his passing ability is, is what I think sets us above some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I love that that premise. And especially even though Lonzo still got kind of a, a slender build but that jason kidd comp in his game the the distribution skills the improved shooting like by the end of jason kidd's career he was a little better shooter than he was early on too because he continued to work at it so i like that comp alonzo to jason kidd uh the the zach the zach for mvp thing that see that's interesting because zach it feels like has taken more of a, a deferential kind of role late in games and those late game moments feel like what might separate derozan right now but you you think Zach's on the same level with him at the moment? I absolutely do. And I, and I would say if, if one would look no further than the Denver game where he went off for about 36, and, and, and there was a comment that was made a few weeks after that, I believe it was. There was a comment made recently where uh, DeMar DeRozan was, was asked about a fourth-quarter timeout in which he told, uh, he told Scotty, hey, Zach's hot, let's go with Zach. And, there was, and I like that because there was, there was no egos involved. And I think Zach is doing the same thing. You know, he realizes that uh, DeMar's a little bit ahead of him in this, in this game. DeMar was one of the baby kings of the East fighting with LeBron. <laughs> and, and so, you know, he's, he's, he's a little bit up there, and he understands that he's going to have his time. And I think Zach is just appreciating the moment. But, you know, a guy that's averaging 27 a night, you know, or up, up in the high 20s, he's right there with DeMar in terms of uh, the, the, the top, you know, 20 guys in terms of mid-range field goal percentage. Zach is right there. Great, you know, getting better a defender. Not, not great yet, but he could be. Uh, I think there's nothing that Demar does that Zach can't do, and that that's a great point about him deferring a little bit. Uh, but again, I think that's more of a hey, you won 55, you know, 55, 59 games in the East before. You've had your battles with LeBron in the playoffs. You know, you're a little bit old, uh, of an older guy. I'll, I'll defer to you, but if, it, if if I'm hot, I know that you trust me to keep it going. And again, that Denver game was was to me. Zach's like the fire that moment. I, I call him Sack Mamba, I call him Light Mamba, and I call him Meta Mamba. And I think he could be an MVP candidate. I like it, Martin. I appreciate you, man. Look forward to seeing you again when I come over there. All right, no doubt. All right, that's Martin out now this week. I really appreciate it, man. That's one of my guys. I actually grew up with Martin. We played well, we would have continued playing hoops together in high school, actually, if uh if that whole uh, I'm sure I know a lot of my Bolenberg folks out there listening. I get folks on the text line all the time. But Bolenberg ended up basically getting divided into multiple sections. They sent some folks to Romeoville, and they sent some folks to Bolenberg High School. But, man, because Bolenberg – well, women's basketball is like one of the top teams in the state now. Bolenberg men's basketball has become very, very competitive, more so than it was back when I was in high school. We'd make the playoffs, but we didn't really make a lot of postseason noise for the boys' basketball team at BHS. But if Bolenberg or Romeoville would have been combined, like right now, Bolenberg High School is like whatever it is, like over 4,000 students. They basically packed us all into a matchbox back in the day, you know, whatever, 25-ish years ago now when I was still there. So they had to send a bunch of Bolenberg kids off to Romeoville also just because there just wasn't really enough space in the schools. But I'm telling you, You'd have had like me and Martin and a bunch of other guys that were on like on, on the hoop squads for both for both Bolingbrook and Romeoville could have got us together on the court at the same time. Man, see, we could have had more hoop success even back then 
than we ended up having. You know, Roman was all right. But yeah, me and Martin used to bang down down low back in the day. That's my guy that I always get a good time seeing him. He's keeping folks safe down here downtown, also working security, running security for a number of different buildings and companies downtown here in Chicago. Appreciate my guy Martin checking in. He's obviously fired up and excited about this Bulls game coming up tonight here on The Score. So let me take my final time out before I get out of the way for Bulls pregame. It'll be coming up at 845 as they get ready to host the Brooklyn Nets. Let me get out to the text line. Also, after I come back, read some of the ideas folks have had for me because it's not going to be the Bears on TV this weekend, but there will be plenty of other action to take advantage of. Most of the games from around the National Football League will be available for you here on the score, so you'll have the opportunity to check the majority of them out. It'll be the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. That's going to be this Saturday afternoon. The only game that won't be here on the score between the the Super Wildcard weekend, Saturday and Sunday action, will be the one that's on Saturday night when the Patriots face the Bills. That game is going to be on our sister station, WBBM, because we'll have Bulls basketball here for you on Saturday night. Then we get to Sunday with the NFL Wildcard triple header, Eagles and Bucks on the score. Niners and Boys. On the score, Steelers and Chiefs right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. So make sure you check all those out on that super wild card weekend. But I got to figure out what am I, what else am I going to do with myself? How am I going to spend my free time since I got no bears? I got no college football. I got nothing else to do. It's like I'm, I don't know, like I'm one of the characters from Friday, man. I ain't got a job, got nothing else to do this weekend. So let me know what you're going to be doing out there since you won't be checking out your Chicago Bears. Love to hear from you on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Really excited about the game coming up tonight on The Score from a television perspective. Of course, the Bulls will be getting their national love on ESPN. But you should definitely check out our guys Chuck and Bill. They'll be on the call here on The Score as the Bulls get ready to face the Brooklyn Nets, top two teams in the Eastern Conference. That'll be right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And, um, you know, many of you who've been listening to to me here on this station it's really my, I suppose my my arc here at the score has really kind of gone in line with the majority of the Matt Nagy time. I suppose the the John last the last John Fox year, Mitch Trubisky's rookie season, was kind of the first year where I started doing a lot of work here at the score, and then you know sort of every year over the last four years, it's kind of you know ticked up a bit since then. Um, I was looking back at some old notes that I began taking in Matt Nagy's first season. And I'll say this, I I tweeted it out the other day. And of course, you know, some folks on Twitter, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Big Ant Heron, but there were some folks that I did take a moment to at least acknowledge that in my opinion, Matt Nagy will be remembered as, as one of the most pleasant coaches in bears history. Now, you know, was that end up getting you in there? Not a whole lot. It gets you fired because he wasn't a great Bears coach. He didn't win enough games. And uh, a lot of folks, uh, actually the exact tweet was, Matt Nagy's leadership style always appealed to me. He'll go down as one of the more likable coaches in Bears history. Super easy to root for. It's just too bad in the end he wasn't great at the gig. That's what I tweeted uh, just a couple of days ago after the news came down that the Bears were firing Matt Nagy. I, I had hope. I had high hopes. For Matt Nagy. I also had very immediate questions for Matt Nagy. And so there's, 
you know, some folks in the in the comments who are like, well, who who cares about that? Who cares if he was likable? What does that matter? Matters to me, which is why I, I tweeted it out. We all, I think, whether you're whether you're a Bears fan, like so many of you are, like I grew up a huge Bears fan, or frankly, just those of us in the media, you you like at least the idea of of being able to to like someone that you're covering. You as fans, I would imagine you at least prefer, like you, you want the team to win regardless, and you'll, as we've seen historically, fans will accept almost anything if the team is winning. You know, at least they'll accept much more of uh, of someone they don't want to root for, or folks who may run afoul of the law, or folks who may come off as jerks at times. You put up with a whole lot more of that when the team's winning. So in the end, that's the ultimate elixir. But you you prefer to like the players. You you I, I'm in that same camp as well. I would prefer to find the players likable. I would prefer to find them easy to root for. I enjoyed the fact that I found Matt Nagy and his leadership style, his communication style, easy to root for. In the end, I was also, I'm able to separate the two because especially like then, of course, I recall this to a certain extent, even though my memory's awful with some of these things, but back in 2018, I was on the station talking about it when they were in the midst of their 12-4 and four division championship season. Just looking back at some of my notes, man, just some of the frustrations I was communicating to like Dan Bernstein and and uh, and and Connor uh, when I would go on their shows and talking to Lawrence about the the frustrations I had with Jordan Howard not getting the ball more, the frustrations I had with Rashad Coward being left out there on an island at tackle, and some of those things that even in the midst of a season where you had this historic run of defense and takeaways and and the division title and and finally nipping the Packers one time and everything that went into that year, my my analysis of the Bears I, I try to keep. The you know the results matter, but I'm I'm a fairly process based guy, and that's why I'm willing to admit that I was cool when they hired John Fox. I I really thought it was a good hire when they hired Matt Nagy. In the end, neither one of those hires worked out, and so that's where to me the Bears what they need to get right, what they need to improve upon is trying to figure out why. Whether you're talking Mark Tressman, whether you're talking John Fox, whether you're talking. Matt Nagy, if you're talking Ryan Pace in the seven seasons he was here, the leadership, the football leadership for the Bears consistently now for a decade at this point has not progressed, has not improved as they've been on the job at Hallis Hall. That's an issue. And it'd be one thing if it were only an issue for Matt Nagy. But it hasn't been. Mark Tressman showed promise in his first season. He, he was the QB whisperer they brought in from Canada. He got the best football of Jay Cutler's career out of Jay Cutler in his first season. And then the second year, not only was the on-field product bad, the locker room was awful. And they made the proper decision in moving on from Mark Tressman after two seasons. John Fox only got three years. And like I referenced earlier, John Fox was a guy who took two different teams to Super Bowl appearances. Now, he doesn't have a ring to show for that as a head coach, but there's not a lot of guys walking around that have taken two different NFL teams to a Super Bowl appearance. And to be able to do that both in Carolina and in Denver, that says something about, about John Fox, about what he's able to do in, in leading people and you know certainly in replacing Tim Tebow and bringing in Peyton Manning and winning the Super Bowl with Denver. All those things are really impressive on his resume. And you wanted, everyone felt like the Bears needed after the Trestman fiasco, 
more of a football savvy guy, someone with real bona fide NFL credibility for what at the time was a roster that was kind of about to go through some reshaping, but you already had Cutler, you had some veterans at receiver and some veterans on defense, and you know, felt like you needed a, a grizzled guy. And to me, the John Fox hire made sense, and that one didn't work out either. So then they went in the opposite direction, back to Matt Nagy. And while I found Matt Nagy incredibly likable the entire time he was here, that didn't stop me from being able to separate that and providing that analysis I was referencing earlier. And that's the most frustrating thing, in my opinion, about Matt Nagy's time here. Because me looking back through my notebook from 2018, a game, one of the games where Chase Daniels started against the New York Giants, where this was 2018, 2019, where Daniels started against the Giants, Joshua Howard had 68 yards at halftime in a game Chase Daniels started against the Giants and then finished with Jordan Howard. Sorry, Jordan Howard had 68 yards at halftime and then finished the game with 69 yards for the game. And that's just inexcusable is some of the notes I have here from that game against the Giants that Chase Daniel started. And the issue is that continued to be a familiar refrain for Matt Nagy for seasons upon seasons after that. And the fact that he continued to make those same mistakes. Frankly, the fact that Ryan Pace continued to watch him make those same mistakes strategically on the field, his approach to the game. I, I never understood why, and I would say it here on the score, I would go on to Fox 32 and say the same thing. I couldn't understand why the Bears weren't able to evaluate the personnel that they had there, especially on offense, and rectify it and correct what they were attempting to do schematically. And now this season, on the whole, there was more of a, a corrective approach to that than the opposite. The problem was, throughout the offseason leading into this, after Matt Nagy had that example from late last season, the last month and a half of the year of the 2020 season where he gave up play calling to Bill Lazor, the offense was more productive. Wasn't, you know, wasn't the Kansas City Chiefs or something like that, but certainly a more productive offense, and he had that example to go from and Matt Nagy was still allowed to reclaim play calling and, and take that back on himself and was making the same mistakes again. And whether it was his decision or someone else's influence, once they got to the point of putting Justin Fields in the lineup, you had the Cleveland Browns debacle. And so many folks immediately said that was the undoing of Matt Nagy. I think you can certainly, as I'm kind of laying out some examples here, look even prior to that of just his stubborn approach to consistently want to run what he envisioned as his offensive system. And, you know, stubborn is one word that could go for it. And I think part of the thing also is just him, him being sort of captain positive, this uber positive lens that Matt Nagy always seemed to view things through. It was like he just anticipated things would work out. And so notes I'm writing back in 2018 about short yardage being too cute, too clever, Things I'm talking about back then on the score and on Fox 32 and my coverage of the team, those again continue to be the same issues that came up over and over again. And, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see. Maybe Matt Nagy has success elsewhere. I doubt it'll immediately be as a head coach, but maybe he gets another opportunity down the line. I, I do believe that, well, my hope, is that, is that he learned from the experience here. But beyond that, because Matt Nagy is no longer with the Bears, my hope is that Bears brass, that, that George McCaskey. And right now, Ted Phillips is obviously still involved in the process, so my hope is that Ted Phillips 
has learned from what they've witnessed. The thing is, obviously, George McCaskey's been involved in the Bears for his entire life. Ted Phillips has been involved in the Bears for about 40 years at this point. But maybe having the influence of Lamar Campbell, guy most folks call Soup, former teammate of mine. I, I call him Killer, lovingly. He was a safety, a very good safety, both at Wisconsin and in the National Football League. Tanisha Wade, really talented individual also who's running sort of the, the entertainment end of things for the Bears. I remember going to the Bears 100 celebration a couple of seasons ago when I was there covering it for Fox 32. And the way that that show came off, I talked about it. the very next time I was hosting on The Score after that Bears 100 celebration, how I was blown away at the, the music, the organization of the show, all the, the video displays and everything, how it just was so, was so precisely put together by Tanisha Wade and her staff. I reached out to her directly. I had somebody put me in touch with her. I talked about it on the radio. Just how bl- I was blown away by how all of that was brought together in such an effective manner. So she's a quality leader. Lamar Campbell's a quality leader in the end. Yes, they will, all, they will both answer to Ted Phillips. They brought Bill Polian into the mix. You got a bunch of ends of the the football spectrum, the leadership spectrum that will be involved in these procedures for the Bears. It doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of interest in this gig. It doesn't surprise me that who they're planning to interview is diverse. because that, That's not necessarily new for the Bears. I mean, the Bears having the potential for diverse leadership, whether you're talking head coach and coordinators and, and folks in and around the front office and, and being diverse with that, the Bears are not the ones bringing the curve down in the National Football League along those lines. In the end, though, whomever they hire, if it's Brian Flores, who folks think is awesome, or Jim Harbaugh, who everyone thinks is awesome, whoever it is that comes in as the Bears head coach and the Bears general manager, the organization around them, those who they answer to, and George McCaskey made it pretty clear, in the end, he's the one they're answering to, big shock, People answer to the team owner. I don't know why that that repetitive sort of storyline and questioning is so surprising. Oh, they're answering to George McCaskey. George McCaskey owns the team. But in the end, the procedures, the process that they put in place, how they go about that power structure is what in the end will determine if the Bears can sustain some success. Not a one-off sort of first impressive year for Mark Tressman. Not a one-off division title for Matt Nagy. How do you get something that's sustainable? It's beyond just the quarterback play and whether or not you pick the right kid and the rookie. How do you actually set your franchise up to be able to have not just your players develop, but your leaders develop? Those coaches who are working with the players on a daily basis, those who the coaches will be answering to, to put them in situations for success. That internally, in my opinion, needs to be evaluated closely from the Bears because development within the franchise has been something the Bears have struggled with for years at this point. It shows up most obviously within the offensive skill positions and maybe with some of the guys on the line of scrimmage who get moved around to multiple spots and then they maybe fizzle out a little bit because you're not quite sure if you've done the best by them, whether you're talking Kyle Long to Cody Whitehair to James Daniels, guys who really showed a lot of promise early in their career but haven't necessarily achieved the heights that it seemed like they could have as you're sort of cycling them around to a bunch of different spots along the offensive line. Development, in addition to hiring quality individuals, which the Bears have done before, how do you put those quality individuals, head coach, general manager, in position for development? That has to be 
the chief focus for the Bears after this hire gets made. All these different interviews are cool. Then once you hire somebody with the right resume, you have got to put a system in place that allows them to succeed. So I hope the Bears are going to do that. I hope they are paying attention to that. They've said a lot of the wrong things, said a couple of the right things about it. In the end, though, it's got to be about the actions. They have moved on from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. That's what so many folks are hoping for, we're ready for, we're calling for. That part's been done. I'm assuming they're going to hire people with good resumes because this is a really good job that a lot of folks are very interested in. Then after they're on the gig, Bears still got work to do. So we're going to watch that closely. It's been a big night, been a fun night. I've really enjoyed all the guests that we've had on the show. My thanks to them for joining me and spending some of their evening with me. My thanks to Chris Emma, to Jordan DeJani, to Bruce Levine, to Bill Wennington. Make sure you stay, keep it locked right here because Bulls pregame is coming up next. Appreciate you, Brian Callahan, on the ones and twos for me throughout this evening. Appreciations and salutations to everyone who's been listening in to me, Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.